0: and fulfillment. Let's get started with Soul Talk. Welcome back, folks. Welcome back to another very, 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 very special episode of the Soul Talk podcast. As you know, each week I share some insight and soul inspiration, and then in the following week I bring on a very special guest. Uh, every guest in some way I've either been touched with, inspired by, feel a connection to, and this week is, is no different. Uh, the guest I'm about to introduce to you today, someone we've actually never met in the physical, but uh, over the years I've heard so many amazing, amazing things about from people I've met speaking in conferences. Uh, one of my dear friends also uh, holds him as, a, as her esteemed teacher. And so I'm really excited about my guest today. I think you're going to be inspired and transformed and awakened in many ways He's a scholar, a composer, an author, an international speaker, who whose universal message brings together the spiritual traditions of East and West. I didn't know this. He's an engineer by training, so I think it's going to be a multi-dimensional interview. And what I love is he seam- seamlessly joins ancient wisdom, mysticism, healing practices, meditation, breathwork, yoga, uh, in a very profound way. Founder of Nam Yoga. Welcome. A new friend, an old friend. Welcome to Soul Talk, Dr. Joseph Michael Leverie. Welcome.
1: Thank you so much. Good. It's such a pleasure to be with you. Yeah. It's great
0: to be here. It's great to connect. Finally, really, it's really a, a joy. I really a joy. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I've been excited about chatting with you and having this conversation. You know, there's so much I want to ask and get to know uh, personally. Uh, but for those that also maybe don't know your background, I'm also curious myself. You know, I've read some things, but I want to hear it directly from your heart and soul. Like, tell me a bit about your journey, man. How does, you know, how how did you get into this field, doing what you're doing and teaching? And I yeah, saw so you did this some incredible events in was in Mexico with you know tens of thousands of people, and you know you teach. You bring the, the, the sort of yogic tradition and Kabbalah and mysticism together in such a, a powerful way. So I'm like, how did this begin? What was this the, the genesis of your journey? And,
1: and it, it, it really began in my family. You know, it's um I was born in a very spiritual family. I'm sure you must know something about that yourself. Yes. yes. And uh even though my background is math physics and science, because my training is industrial engineering, as you just said, but spirituality has always been something that was always part of me. Mm. I I always wanted to uh, to express that spirituality, so it has led me to various uh, to, to traveling all over the world, meeting various masters, various teachers, and eventually now I just very smoothly transited into it. And then uh, I realized throughout the process that the best thing I can do or the best way to express our spirituality is by serving others, by making a difference in other people's lives. So in in very short, this is what it is.
0: (laughs) I can't wait to, to, to explore more. Uh you say spirituality you say spirituality. Kind
1: of, I'm not that good at talking about myself.
0: <laughs> I, 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 I hear you. I hear you. Uh you talk about spirituality and I think you know it's it's become a very sort of popular in our culture today. And I think it can mean different things to different people so first like, how do you see how do you define how do you what is spirituality just so we can have a framework as you see it spirituality
1: is when you realize that you want to because we're both we're both spirit and and body Mm -hmm. so if we're both spirit and body you have your spiritual body and you have Your physical body. And spirituality is the capacity to understand how important your thought, your feelings, your words, your actions, and your attitude are to yourself, to your loved ones and to the world. Ultimately, it leads you to a place where you have to raise your consciousness in order to become a blessing to the world, to become a blessing to your loved ones, to make a difference in the world. But even though there's all these studies, everyone is talking about spirituality, it's a movement of consciousness but the purpose is to raise our consciousness so that we may embrace the reality of love. It is to raise our consciousness so that we may develop the capacity to serve other human beings. It's to raise our consciousness so that we may recognize that everyone else is a reflection of us. So it doesn't matter all of the studies we do in spirituality, how many meditations we do, how many studies. At the end of all spiritual uh, 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 work, it is service. It is the capacity to embrace love. And you cannot embrace love until you start serving others. When you start serving others, then you embrace the reality of love. And when you embrace the reality of love, you realize that the language of the creator who has breathed life into us is the language of love. And we realize that spirituality is nothing else but the expression of love because it is love that created the universe. It is love that gave us life and love that created the entire cosmos and Everything starts with love, and everything ends with truth. But love and truth, as love is the beginning of everything, and truth is the end of everything. But in between, you have wisdom, spiritual wisdom, to reconcile love and truth. But at the end, when you study it very deeply, you realize that wisdom or divine wisdom and divine truth are contained into love. So spirituality is the experience of love. Spirituality is realizing that we are born from love, in order to learn to love, and then we die in order to learn not to hate.
0: Why does there seem to be, I guess, so much suffering in the world? You know, at least appears to be suffering. When, when you know, I feel love is what we essentially are, um, and and maybe we're not. Expressing that fully, or we don't feel, or maybe there's some things that block our ability to love fully, or serve fully, or love unconditionally. And so, why, why, why is there so much? Does this, especially now, you know, there's so much division
1: and disharmony, and yeah. yes, there's so much pain in the world. And I know you, you yourself, with all your work, the work you're doing, all the the interaction that you have with so many people, you can see it. We cannot help but see all the pain of the world. It is because we human beings need to rise beyond the illusion of separation. Uh We have to rise beyond the illusion of separations and realize that we are all interconnected. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, we are all interconnected and... We have, we cannot embrace the reality of love because love unites until we realize that we are all interconnected. And what is suffering? Suffering, disease, and pain, and all of those come as a misuse of free will. When the universe, I mean, the creator gave us free will, but when you misuse free will, you will cause yourself pain, disease, and suffering. When you misuse your free will to think in a way that is not loving, in a way that is destructive to you and other people. When you misuse your free will to feel in a way that is destructive to you or the people, that's not loving. When you misuse your free will to speak in order to divide people, in order to not uplift and heal people. When misuse your free will to act in a way that that creates chaos in the universe, that destroys the planet, that destroy other people, when you're bringing everybody down, when you misuse your free will to have an attitude, a negative attitude, the result is thin, disease and suffering. And when you, through the experience of spirituality, when you raise your consciousness, and then learn that the highest of all meditations is the capacity to think lovingly, to think in a way that is healing to you, to your loved ones, to feel in a way that is a blessing to you and the creation, to the blessing to the earth. To feel in a way that is a blessing to you, your loved one, and to speak, to uplift, and to heal, to breathe life into other human beings, because they are a reflection of you. When you act, you cause, you pose action of light. And then when you recognize that your attitude can make a difference in other people's life. Your attitude can be like an extension of loving kindness, which is so needed. And that your attitude can open doors for you. You can open doors for others and push them up in the process you're pushing yourself up. Then, if everyone in the world could think in a way that is loving and could feel in a way that is loving, you speak lovingly. You remember you're walking around, everybody's talking to you lovingly, and you just uh, people are acting lovingly, they have a loving attitude. There won't be any more pain, there won't be any more suffering, there won't be any more of this disease because love destroys karma. Love is the mother of light, love is the mother of life. Life comes from love. Life, love gives birth to life. Love is the light, and love is a source of warmth. The human heart is longing for warmth. The human heart wants only one thing. It doesn't want wealth. It doesn't want fame. All of that makes you restless. The human heart is always longing for the warmth of love. That's the only thing that makes the human heart happy. And when the human heart is happy, everything else falls in place. Because where there is love, there is light. And wherever it's like, you cannot find any
0: darkness. <laughs> Beautiful. You said you dropped some gems there. Love destroys karma. I want to get back to that one in a moment. That, that's, that's, a deep, that's a deep one. But I would like to ask for someone listening to this, and they're going, well, but I, you talk about, okay, going beyond separation, yes? Mm-hmm. And we are one. But someone might be in a space of saying, yeah, but I, I am me and you are you, and you know I am here and you are there, and we're not one. And so, what's if, for the person that maybe they intellectually get that idea of okay, we're one, but they don't—they're not experiencing that within themselves as a direct experience. Where do they start? How 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 do they how can they begin moving beyond? What are the first steps to move beyond the sense of Feeling separate? You know, how can they start? It's
1: very simple. The first thing is just serve others. Serve. Just serve, serve, serve others. Mm. Because when you start serving others, you develop the experience of compassion. You move from passion to compassion. When you serve others, your heart has no choice but to open because it allows you to be called upon, you have you're just reaching out for a person who's falling apart. You're feeding someone who's starving. How can this not do something to your heart? You're relieving the suffering of the world. You're serving others. You cannot really experience the reality of unconditional love until you start serving others. Serving is the capacity to give. When you give, you're just falling to the experience of love because love is that which gives. Mm -hmm. God gives. The Creator gives us life. When you're serving others, when you're bringing life into them, you start to give birth to love in your heart. And you realize that your heart, you yourself as a human, cannot live without a heart, but your heart cannot live without love. And that experience of service, yes, it is true that everyone wants to change the earth. Oh, we're going to change the earth. We need peace. We need this, that. You can't change the earth until you change yourself. You cannot change the earth until you change your thought. If you do the hard work of facing yourself Mm -hmm. to change your thought, your feelings, your word, your action, your attitude. And you cannot make the earth better, the world better until you make yourself better by making your thought better your feelings better by just speaking in a way that is better to other people, to your loved ones, and then by acting in a way that is better for yourself and others and having an attitude that uplifts others. Then you make an better. but you cannot. You cannot help yourself until you start serving others. When you serve others who are an extension of you, you're helping yourself. But you develop love. That's the easiest way to come into the heart. Because as long as you're in your head, everybody's divine. Everybody's separated. Yes. Because you become analytical, your head takes over, and it will create nothing else like chaos. You'll be caught up in a worried loop. And when you worry, mm-hmm. you're praying for troubles. Mm-hmm. When you move into your heart, that's the easy way. When you serve others, you're serving yourself. It is an unselfish and selfish way to get to the goal. When you serve others, you're serving yourself. Because you serve <laughs> others, the universe will serve you. Because the Creator serve those who serve others. Mm. The Creator serve those who serve others. Everyone say, oh, I'm not loved by God. I'm not loved by the Creator. If you love the children, the Father will love you. The Mother will love you. When you serve the children, the Father has no other choice. The Mother has no choice to love you. And... If you love the Creator, the children have no choice, but to love you as well. So it is such a high yet simple spiritual principle, but in that simplicity is divinity. The experience of merging with the the Creator, that supreme intelligence, which is the manifestation of divine love, divine wisdom, and divine truth, is through service. Because when you're serving, you, you are sharing your loving kindness, and when you give loving kindness you strengthen your immune system you strengthen the immune system of the person that receives it and then you strengthen the immune system of those who are watching you do it
0: <laughs> beautiful there might be some folks that might be wondering dr levery I, I don't have anything to give i don't have anything to give i mean i hear people say that you know i, I, I who am i i don't have anything to give I, what am i going to say how I don't. I don't know what my gifts are. I don't know what my purpose is. You talk about service. What do I have? I don't know what I have to give to anybody that's special or different or you know. So how do they? How does that person go about shifting that that consciousness of either lack or self-limiting? You know, self-image of
1: perception. Something as simple as smiling. Ah. Huh. Smiling to someone, someone you don't even know. Giving a smile. When you're smiling, smiling is the cheapest way to be cute. <laughs> <laughs> when you're smiling, you're generating light uh, in your energy. You uh, cannot smile and be ugly. Uh, so when you're smiling to someone else, you know, they will respond to it. If you smile to some of the organs of your body, they'll, they'll respond to it. If you're smart to the universe, the universe will respond to it. But if you see someone that you don't know, just try today. Think of your loved one, your, your someone that you cross path with, and then find something nice on them. Just tell them, maybe I love your shoes. Maybe I love your shirt. Maybe I love your haircut. Maybe that's the best thing that person heard for the last six months you made their day. It is as simple as that. It doesn't mean you have to just take a box of treasure and then go give it to somebody as an act of giving. Well, that's like the highest after you've just gone that far. But let's start with smiling. Let's start with finding something good in other people. Let's start with focusing on the best in other people and we're moving away from the negative. When you move away from the negative, you create more positive in your life and then it benefits you, and it benefits others. Mm, I love it.
0: Smile. I think we all we all have the ability to smile, and I love yeah. that you say it's free.
1: Yes, it is free.
0: <laughs> doesn't doesn't cost anything. Not depending <laughs> on your bank account, right? Or your education, or having
1: a PhD. Just just yeah. just smile. It doesn't cost anything, and, and you know you're just chasing away wrinkles, and that it's it's a good one
0: you said something that really struck me a moment ago two things actually uh, but the first thing was love destroys karma yes. and it's a very powerful statement that i want you to elaborate on so firstly for those that li- that are listening what what do you mean by karma and how does love destroy karma how, what is that
1: process say say share more what is it that you are today Everything you are today is a result of karma. It is a consequence of your thoughts, your feelings, your words, your actions, your attitudes. It is a consequence of your, your father's uh, uh, lineage, your mother's lineage. So you are a combination of forces that led you, which is the all karmic, because, because when you come to the earth, you, have, you need a mother, you need a father, The mother is going to give you some of the material. some of it, you have it, which is uh, some positive material, some negative material. Then the the father will give you positive material, negative material, even in the sperm of the father, the way the father think, the way the father feel, the way the father speak, the way the father act, the way the father behave, is already programmed in his sperm. This is what it will give to the woman and the ovum will get it and create what they call the zygote. So that already the karma is already set. And for the next generation to come, you cannot avoid. It. And the time you spend in the womb, everything that happens to you, it becomes your karma. If your father used to drink, you may end up, when you come out, you know, dating people who are drinking or attracting people who are drinking. Or if if the father was abusive or the partner was abusive or the parents are abusive, you May have abusive partners, attract abusive people, and all of that follows you. And the way they spoke to you when you were growing up become your karma. If you told you you're stupid, you can never do anything right, it'll follow you for years, and you'll go spend a lot of money in therapy trying to clean that up. And and you know and and the environment. If you're born in if you're raised in a poor environment, it'll affect the way that you do things. It'll define you unless you break away from that that uh, that past. If you're raised in a rich environment, it'll affect you. If you are not know to break away from it, you'll rewrite your destiny. And the day you're born either, which is a science of divine spiritual wisdom, which most people don't know. If you're born on Tuesday, for example, you may have a lot of anger, may not know why you have anger. You'll spend a lot of money in therapy trying to figure out why you have anger. And then eventually you'll come see a person like me. i tell you, well, listen, don't worry about it because you're born on this, you have that, you can resolve it by doing this, this, this. So all of this, is the result of karma. And then the future will be based upon what it is you do today. You cannot let the, the past define you. You can accept the past or you can refuse to let the past define you. So the karma is, the, let's call it, the consequences of your, the way you view your thought, your feeling, your word, your action, your attitude, and many other things. And then your future will be based upon what it is you do with your thought The feeling, your word, your action, your attitude. Can you let the past define you or can you do something about the past? Yes, you can. Now, why am I saying love? Because the creator, the master of the universe, that supreme intelligence, which is a manifestation of limitless love, limitless wisdom, limitless truth, that supreme intelligence, which manifests as love that gives you life, like new life, that manifests as freedom, uh, tr- tr- uh, wisdom, that gives you limitless light, and that manifests like truth, that gives you freedom of karma and everything else, is known as the experience of divine love. If you are to love, since the creator has no karma, and the creator is love, God is love, love is God, the divine is love, and love is the divine, and the divine and love can never be separated. When you embrace love, you are attached to the divine. When you are attached to the divine, you rise above karma, you just simply destroy it. Because wherever there's love, there's light, and you don't talk about karma. You don't have to go to see somebody they can hit your forehead to de- remove it. And all that stuff is just Star Trek crap. Just embracing the experience of love will bring so many things in order in life. It is mercy in the divine, and whoever's divine, there's light. And where there's light, there's the principle of perfection. And where there's the principle of perfection, there is no darkness, no karma, no disturbance. <laughs>
0: that was deep. <laughs> that was deep. <laughs> We're going to let that one marinate for a moment. <laughs> integrate. Um, let's say someone is carrying guilt. You know, maybe they feel like, okay, but I've done all this stuff in my past. You know, I, I wronged my girl, my, my girlfriend. I, I wasn't there for my kid. I, I, I can't, I'm having a hard time forgiving myself for what I did in the past. And I would like to, but I, I just, I feel guilty. I'm a terrible parent. You know, I'm a, the list goes on. Right. And they're telling them that sto- telling themselves that story. How do they make that shift? How can they make that? What could? What? How can you give them a certain understanding to be able to 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 have the openness to making the shift of bringing more love into
1: themselves? Yeah. Forgiveness. You, you you cannot really embrace the express of love until you forgive. Mm. You have to forgive. You have to forgive yourself. You have to forgive everyone. It's amazing. People say is usually people say it's very difficult to forgive. But you cannot move from darkness to light. You cannot move from negativity to positivity. You cannot move from untruth to truth. You cannot move from duality to divinity until you forgive. And if it is difficult to forgive, the shortcut is to change your brain brainwaves by changing your brainwave. Because when you're talking about forgiveness, you're talking about about emotions, and sometimes it is a trauma associated with it. Like right now, we're going through so much trauma. And what it is we want to find out is, how you as a human, can you take care of yourself in a way as, to move from forgiveness from, uh, from not forgiving to forgiving so that you can start rewriting your life and ensuring your life. Now, many yogis and many spiritual people have tried for a long period of time to find out various ways to take care of the human mind so that your mind is not a victim. Yes. And so that you may have the emotional intelligence that allows you not to sabotage yourself with guilt not to sabotage yourself with a lack of forgiveness and not to sabotage yourself with everything else that is associated with it. So people do yogic postures for many, many hours, but you can't do yogic posture for 24 hours. You can. The moment you stop, the yogic posture, the mind comes after you with most vigor that you can ever imagine. So you can't
0: As
1: you do the yogic posture for maybe an hour if you're lucky, Maybe during that time you're free, but once you stop, the mind is after you. People have tried all kinds of methods. And then the yogis have realized, wait a minute. We breathe 24 hours a day. So if we breathe 24 hours a day, we can calibrate the breath. Mm. If we can control the breath and then bring rhythm into the breath, we'll be able to bring control and rhythm in our mind. If we can bring control and rhythm in our mind, then we'll control everything else. Mm. Now, how do you control your mind in a way that it's you're not a victim of your emotions? Now, the human mind always follows the human breath. In essence, the breath is the king of the human mind. But there are two principles in the universe that most people are, are not aware of. There's what they call The principle of vibr let's call it sound. Mm. The principle of sound and the principle of rhythm. Mm. Sound is the mother of nature. And a rhythm is the father of nature. You have to bring the mother and the father of nature together in order to have the music of life. If you don't have music of life, nothing works in you. So you will never be able to control your emotions until you control your physiology. You'll never be able to control your physiology until you control you know, your rhythm, control your breath. So, if you can bring, if you control your emotional life, you control your feelings. If you control your feelings, you control the relationship between your heart and your brain, you'll be able to have a loving relationship between your brain and your heart. And, and, and so that the brain may be calibrated in such a way as to give you emotional intelligence so that you don't sabotage yourself. But how do you do that? The one thing that there's various rhythms in the body, there's the rhythm of the blood, rhythm of uh, circulations, of all kinds of rhythm in the body. You can't address them directly. You can't go to your blood and say, okay, let me take care of the rhythm here. You cannot go to your circulation and let me take care of the rhythm here. You cannot go to your glandular system, nervous system. Let me take care of the rhythm here. What's the easiest way? You have to bring rhythm in your breath. By making your breath rhythmic. When you make your breath rhythmic, then the sound of the breath, which is the voice of the soul, will change. When the sound of the breath, which is the voice of the soul, changes, the beat of the heart, which is the rhythm of the soul will change as well. So in a sense, when you make the human breath rhythmic, because the rhythm is the father of nature, when a breath becomes, it doesn't, I'm not saying you have to breathe for one hour like a yogi, even if you're rhythmic, you <laughs> breathe five, like it, take five breath second in five seconds, as long as it's rhythmic. The secret is rhythm. rhythm. A man without rhythm is a land without water. Mm. Rhythm is the key. The men's rhythm is a tree without fruit. The main rhythm is a garden without flowers. You need rhythm. When you bring rhythm in the breath, what happens is that you bring rhythm, you take care of your physiology. You first, take care of your biorhythm. When you take care of your physiology, that's a result of taking care of physiology, you take care of your emotional life. You bring rhythm in your emotional life. The moment you bring rhythm in your emotional life, what are emotion? emotions? Emotions are, are unconscious feelings. And feelings are unconscious thoughts. When you bring rhythm in your emotions, you bring rhythm in your feelings, the moment your feelings have rhythm, which is the harmonious, your heart is happy. Mm-hmm. So the heart has then this loving relationship in the brain, so the heart, through what they call the vagus nerve, will send the most beautiful and positive impulses to the brain. Mm. As a result, it will activate the entire brain, which is your command center, and then take care of your frontal lobe, which is the difference between us, descendant of what they call the Homo sapiens sapiens, which means the man who knows that he knows, which were discovered in the African land. This is where man was born. We are the copy of the Homo sapiens sapiens, which is different from what they call the homo sapiens, which is the man who knows. But the man who knows that he knows is different from the man who knows. So we, all of us, of all races, are descended from what they call the homo sapiens sapiens. And the difference between the homo sapiens sapiens and the homo sapiens is the frontal lobe. Because the frontal lobe has allowed the homo sapiens sapiens to fight the forces of nature, to be able to survive the harshness of nature. As a result, we're all born with all the various races, whether people understand it or not. This is pure science. You cannot do spirituality without science. It is scientific fact. You can trace the most sapient sapiens to the motherland, which is the root of all human beings without exceptions. That's scientific. Okay. Now, once you control the frontal lobe, then you have what they call emotional intelligence, which means your projective intelligence, the capacity that you have to see what is good in situation, your protective intelligence, capacity that you have to see something that's good and see what may hurt you, combine together to give you intuitive intelligence, which is a form of emotional intelligence, which bring logic and intuition in, intuitional logic, so that you can take a course of action that benefits you and others. <laughs> <laughs> awesome.
0: So, breath, rhythm, breath, yes. breathing. Rhythm. Is there, a, for those listening, is there a uh, a way you can maybe? Is there a specific way or rhythm of breathing that might be simple that people can kind of understand yes. and, and, and and begin just both from
1: listening. There are there are thousands of breaths because, of course, like I'm descendant of some of the great yogis and. There are thousands of, of breath, but the simplest, simplest, simplest breath, because one one can make rhythmic is if you can inhale to a, a simple count of 20. Oh, no, 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 let's put it 10, just 10, 10, the average person. If you, you can inhale for a count of 10, you can hold the breath for a count of 10, you can exhale to a count of 10, your breath becomes rhythmic. The moment your breath becomes rhythmic, you're on your way to your center. Once you get into your center, you're no longer a victim of circumstances. You become, you take control and you become creator of circumstances. You have consciousness, and then you act under the auspices of consciousness, as opposed to unconsciousness. So rhythmic breath. Now, if you can eventually develop that, you know, to, to uh, seven breaths a minute, if you are seven breaths a minute, your body starts healing itself. When you go to three breaths a minute, your pituitary gland, which is the master of your glandular system, will be activated and it'll start working. And once your pituitary gland works, all of your glandular system work in your favor. And, and then you, are, you feel good. It's, it's different. You have like, because the blood chemistry shifts. And then if you reduce the breath down to between two and one breath a minute, then the pineal glands will start working. And then you feel like you're connected to the entire universe. You no longer have the experience of, I don't believe in God, I don't believe in. That there is one creator, you have none of this problem because the pineal gland, which is the the, the, the the light of the soul inside, is activated and then you start seeing things differently in awareness. Now, if you can graduate the breath from 10 count inhale, 10 count hold, 10 count exhale to a breath a minute, when a human beings breathe one breath a minute, which is inhale you know, for 10 to a 20 seconds, hold the breath for 20 seconds, exhale 20 seconds. Everything in the body completely goes in order. It destroys, it just moves the body to the highest frequency you ever know. And when you have that high vibrations, disease, it's difficult for disease to live in high vibrations because everything is vibration. Everything is born through vibrations. Everything grows through vibrations and then vibration destroys everything. When your vibration is low because your breath is low. You attract all kinds of things that are not pleasant. The vibration is high then eventually, you know, everything is good. <laughs> <laughs> so we can start with uh,
0: the inhale 10 count, holding 10, exhale 10 as a beginning, and eventually moving to 20, 20, and 20. Now, yes. is this something that people would do just
1: all day long? or uh, No, 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 no. It, it's, um, what it is you do is, uh, you, you um, if you do it morning, noon, and night, Mm. If you breathe for three minutes in the morning, mm. three minutes at noon, and three minutes at night, for, and then you graduate, you move from three to five minutes, mm. and, then, uh, and then from five minutes you graduate to 11 minutes, just for beginners, you will completely change your entire life. Wow. Because people, yes, everyone talks about spirituality, but you cannot talk about spirituality without talking about love. You cannot talk about consciousness without talking about breath. Mm. Breath is everything. Breath is the root of life. If you don't breathe, you're out of here. It's the root of life. Which means breath is the seat of human consciousness. You can't talk about consciousness without talking about breath because breath is the seat of human consciousness. Mm. And when you start breathing with awareness, with consciousness, you become Mm. conscious. And when you become conscious, you control your life force. When you breathe that awareness, you're not conscious, then you don't control your life force. It doesn't benefit you. But if you can breathe the way I said, like a three minute to start with, in the morning, noon, and night, and it'll take care of you. And eventually many, many things will become easier. But breath is everything. When your breath is strong, your mind is strong, your body is strong, your spirit is strong. Your immune system is strong, you have good health. When Your breath is weak, your mind is weak, your body is weak, your spirit is weak, and then your immune system is vulnerable. So, breath is really the key.
0: <laughs> I wish the, uh, the government would come out and teach breathing, you know, uh, across, across the U.S., across the world. Every government should have a, a department of breath. <laughs> yes,
1: yes. I think it'll help a lot, even in school.
0: Yes. It'll help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah wow beautiful breath amazing in terms of you mentioned uh fr- des- you mentioned free will you mentioned kind of astrology depending on the time that we're born and i'm curious yes. how much of our life is set in stone is it set in stone based on okay we're born on this date and this time and this place and okay, there's some tendencies. How much of our life it, it, is, is destined and how much free will do we have,
1: really, this is, and control? This is a, this is a good, good question. <laughs> Human life is really probabilistic. Probabilistic. Means, hmm. yes, in essence, if a person is used to smoke, if they smoke, for example, like a volcano, uh-huh. and it is said, okay, if you stop smoking, you will improve the, the the quality of your lungs. You have a choice, <laughs> but if you don't have the strength of will, if you can direct your free will to eventually smoke to the point where you know, okay, I think this is starting to hurt me. Yes. Maybe you can do something about it. Yes. Then you will avoid what is in store if you don't. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, if you change that, then living life is probabilistic, you will be able to change it. So it is a set of behaviors that we have that causes us to go directly straight into, you know, some obstacles or avoid them. Can you do things? Can you change things? Yes. Do people have certain limitations because of karmic limitations? Yes. But should we let that define us? No. We have to be able to not let our past define us. Because when a human being decides to to, to merge with the power of the spirit, and if they have the the required attitude, which is a very positive mental attitude, we've a goal that, that is righteous, nothing on earth can stop them. Now, you can give them all of the conditions in order to manifest things. Give them everything. If they have a negative attitude, yes. nobody yeah. on earth can help them. Mm-hmm. So, can you move from fate to destiny? Yes, you can. Mm-hmm. And I think the key there is your capacity to be grateful for the blessing that you've already received and use your weaknesses by thinking of them as, because the secret of your strength is hidden in your weaknesses. The secret of your success is hidden in your failures. You have to bring that together, and then with a very positive mental attitude, and it'll take you to your destinations. And eventually, you will be fulfilled. So you cannot... Use your limitation. We cannot use our limitation as excuses. We have to, with our attitude, rise beyond beyond the limitation that we may be faced with. Because an attitude is the frequency of your consciousness. And when you have a positive attitude, you have a positive frequency. And when you have a positive frequency, you will attract positive things. So a positive attitude is, is, is equivalent to an attitude of faith. And faith is the capacity to manifest evidence, which means that it's not there yet, but you see it in the unseen world. and then, But because you have that, that attitude of positivity, you manifest that evidence. In essence, if somebody said to me, oh, no, 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 don't trust good, because he's not going to be. If I say, Kurt, I am going to meet you at five o'clock, uh, uh, in someplace, I don't know, like uh, Santa Monica, uh, Pierre, going to call it. Yeah. And then someone says to me, No, 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 Kurt is not going to show up. You know, he's not going to show up. And I said, Kurt, they told me you're not going to show up, but I trust you, I know you'll be there. Most likely, you will be there. Mm-hmm. So, an attitude of, of positivity, manifest evidence. An attitude of negativity does not have the capacity to manifest evidence. So when, when you have a positive attitude,
0: you're praying. Yeah. Isn't You're praying.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> positive
0: attitude is prayer. I love
1: yeah. it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's a vibrational frequency, you know? Yes, it is. It that, is. That, that has so an, it, in, an impact.
1: It is your consciousness. It's, it's your. Because it's your emotional it 's your emotional frequency, your attitude is your emotional frequency, and attitude is key because you view life through your attitude. you experience life through your attitude. Every physical condition is a manifestation of a mental condition. every physical condition is a manifestation of a mental attitude. Every physical disease is a manifestation of a mental condition. therefore. The root of all disease, whatever you may call them, is in the mind. The key is no doctor can clean your mind. No therapist, nobody can clean your mind. You have to do it yourself. And you have to do it through your attitude. Because your attitude, your mental attitude, is reflected in your muscles, your nerves, your environment. Because we view life through our attitude. We experience life through our attitude. Therefore, healing starts when you change your attitude. (laughs) I love it. I love it.
0: Um, as someone is considering, let's say, what they want to do, a goal, dream, vision, yeah. um, how can they calibrate or know that the goal that they want to hold and visualize is, is – uh, I don't want to say is right, you know, but is is aligned, is is authentic. Because I think many times we're chasing, you know, oh, I want to be famous, I want the Oscar, I want this, I want the girl, I want the car, I want what have you, and it's not really what we want. And so I think, how do we, how do we, how does one ensure that what we intend is actually highest for us, is actually in alignment for our soul's highest evolution?
1: Good. this is like such a beautiful question. When what it is you're trying to manifest is for the greater good, Mm -hmm. which means if your goal will make a difference in other people's lives, if your goal will change other people's lives, if your goal will push people up, if your goal will breathe life into other people, If your goal will heal other people, if your goal will uplift other people, if your goal will not only serve you, but serve other people in a way that is positive, in a way that contributes to a positive evolution of humankind, it is the right goal. Yeah. Because you can have a selfish goal, but make it unselfish by using it in order to serve others. Ah. Then the universe will come through. The universe will come through for a goal that is unselfish, but you will never be happy. You will never be happy. No, a selfish goal will never, never, never make you happy. Never. Mm -hmm. Because as soon as you get it, you'll be up to the next selfish goal and you will feel empty and restless. And at the end, you realize that you've you've not done the most important thing, which is you never took the heart, the soul and your spirit into consideration. And whatever goal you have, does it satisfy your heart? Does it satisfy your soul? Does it satisfy your spirit? If it does, then the light is with you. But it has to make a difference in other people's life. Then it will manifest very fast because if the heart is involved in your goal because you want to make a difference, you want to make a difference in other people's life and the heart is involved, which really comes from your heart. The heart is a seat of unconditional love. A prayer without heart is a machine gun without bullet. It <laughs> doesn't work. I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once you bring your heart into your prayer, the divine comes through. And especially when you want your goal to make a difference in other people's life, you know, the time of manifestation will be very short because the entire universe will support you because you're doing something that is contributing to a positive evolution of humankind. Yes. Yeah. yeah and that that goal will
0: manifest very very fast but there are there are folks that are, many folks I've met in the spiritual community, and I think this would be I'd love for you to address this especially to those folks who they you know like could i I really want this thing and it's, it's going to you know this book this idea it's going to serve people this foundation it's going and and yet it, it it's, it's not manifesting why is it not manifesting and and they will honestly tell you. It is for the greater good, and when I listen to them, I'm like, "Yeah, it sounds for the greater good." Why does that not manifest?
1: Well, if if you are not aligned, uh huh. If you're not aligned, if your mind, your body, your spirit are not synchronized, yes. If your brain wave cannot synchronize with the cosmos. Hmm. Nothing will happen. Can you manifest anything? Yes. What is the
0: secret? Let me let me let me just let me just slow you down. You say <laughs> we can. <laughs> can we manifest anything? Am I is that good? Am I hearing that correctly? Are you saying yes. we
1: can manifest anything? Anything. Yes. Now, but but there's a price for everything. Okay, talk to us. The world is like a supermarket. You come in, you can take anything you want. Quinoa, you take this, but. Before living, you have to pay the cashier. Mm-hmm. You There's no... Everything you do as a price. People think there's no price. You just don't know. There's a price to everything. Now, can now let me get to the manifestation? This is a good question. Can you manifest anything? Yes. One of the greatest power human has to manifest is people think, let's say, visualize oh, this or that. No, we are emotional entities. Nothing is as power as emotions. And one of the greatest power ever known to man is our feelings. Mm. The feelings and your words. Your feelings and your words can make you or break you. When a human, a human being knows how to feel, they are praying Because when you're feeling, you're activating your solar plexus. And your solar plexus is a door to the cosmos. It's a door to that supreme intelligence that causes you to manifest things. When you're thinking, you activate the gray matter. So your solar plexus, if you look at the human solar plexus, the outside matter is is white matter, which is, that's why you're feeling. The gray matter is inside, your brain, The grey matter is outside the white is inside. When you feel, you're going to what they call your super brain, which is your solar plexus. This is the door to the universe. And when you're feeling, it is the fastest way to make your subconscious mind pregnant so that she can give birth to those babies that are your wishes in your life.
0: (laughs) The feeling. So let's say someone is they're like, okay, Dr. Levery, uh, I'm, I'm broke. Okay. I don't have, I don't have it. I, I have no money. Um, how, how do they get into the ceiling of, of let's say the abundance or the project or the manifestation when clearly let's say everything in their environment is not, conju- is not supporting that. And Where do they they access that? How do they access that feeling when they don't have evidence for it, they've never been
1: there, and nothing is showing up? Just move out of that environment by creating a synthetic synthetic reality. Synthetic reality. You have to move out of that because the brain doesn't know how to differentiate between what's real and what's not real.
0: Ah. What would a synthetic reality look like?
1: Just so we can... uh... Which means... Feel yourself into a reality which is different from the reality that you are in. You're praying yourself into a, a reality that you want. Why, worry, why, why focus on what it is you don't have?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If the synthetic reality is feel yourself into, feel yourself having what it is that you think you don't have. Mm. But you're feeling mass near God visualizing is not going to do it. People have been visualizing for years. (laughs) It's feelings. Because when you are feelings, you're engaging your heart. When you're feeling, your heart is involved. Your heart is there to fulfill you. When you feel, your subconscious mind opens itself up in order to receive what it is that you want. That's why I say feeling can break you or make you. If you're feeling something that's not good, forget it. It will break you, but it will make you, if you direct your feelings in a way that actually worked for you. Mm -hmm. So by feeling yourself into, clothing yourself into that reality, create a synthetic reality. And the best time to do it probably is, because we have a tendency, we never post the letter. We, We think about things and we think about them forever. So we just we don't let them go. You think about the whole day and you keep thinking about it. You just never stop. You have to post the letter. Post. Post a letter so that the universe can answer. So the, 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 the best time for human being to mail the letter is before going to sleep. Before going to sleep. Why? Because you, you, you just find the music that you like. It's very relaxing. Let it put you in the feelings and then create that synthetic reality, and then go to sleep. Forget about it. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Don't worry about it. Now, we have a tendency to to try to figure out how the universe is going to do that. Just that's not our problem. The universe has trillions of ways of manifesting things. Trillions of ways. The law of nature follows the law of evolution. If the law of nature was not evolution, we wouldn't have a high phone today. We will still be stuck to a rotary phone. You look around us. It's called nature as a movement toward perfection. That movement as well is within us. We simply need to be aware of it, and it'll, it'll take over. But once you, once you attach your feelings to that synthetic reality and let go, the universe takes over. That's it. I
0: love it couple more questions, and then I'm going (laughs) to – but when I have you here, man, you know, uh, I'll let you go in a moment. I want to be respectful of your time. I am enjoying talking to you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You mentioned something uh, that's kind of being popularized today, the pineal gland. Yes. And and so there's a lot of talk about pineal gland meditation, pineal gland activation, pineal gland to manifest. And so could you just break down, you know, what is the pineal gland? And how do we activate it? How do we it's activate it?
1: a, it's it's um the Panyat lens is, is is the light, is what they call our spiritual eye. It is our spiritual eye, is let's call it that, that the section in us which has been given to us in order to establish a quick relationship with that supreme intelligence, which means the the master of the universe, the great architect of the universe. So the Paneglis give us us light so that we can find our way through life. When it is activated, it gives us light. And then the other thing that the Paneglis does it gives us warmth so that we can make sense of life. So if I give it two things, light like to find our ways through life to resolve problems, and then warmth so we can make sense of life. This is what the pineal gland does. Can we activate the pineal gland? Of course, it's very easy. It's um, What is the easiest way of activating the pineal gland? there's a sound that everybody talks about, most mystic know it, I'm keeping it very very simple, very simple. Yes. The sound A, U and M A, U and M, which correspond to the three mother letters uh-huh. that sound is, vibrating that sound is like giving a, 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 a Q, some form of acute vibrations to the pineal legs, because mm-hmm. it target exactly the, the panic event, that sound anywhere. And uh, because nothing is as powerful as vibrations, and sound is vibrations. And vibrations, you know, create, it creates atoms, and atoms generate life. And sound is yes, nothing is great than sound power, because sound is vibrations. When you vibrate out, and if you know what you do with it, it will progressively activate your pineal gland so that you may benefit from it. This is the easiest, easiest way. Beautiful. Otherwise, if you're lucky to be um, in a place where the sun rises all the time, just watch the sun rising with our to rise. Just watch it.
0: So the sun being a place where the sun is rising and watch it rising is another
1: just, way. Just watch it then that's it. Just spend like a short time
0: every wow. day watching. Wow. Or chant A U M.
1: Oh. But the easiest way is it's it's, it's it is the easiest, 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 easiest way. But, because it is now especially because of all the the trauma that people are going through, the mental and emotional trauma, because it gets you to be psychologically together. And uh, of course, as you know, music is uh, mm-hmm. we the way I design music we design music in order to, to have a certain effect mm-hmm. on on the human body. And we have some of the music that we use to, that can be directed to the pineal glands in order for one to benefit. And some of it has been already used and has been scientific, scientifically and medically proven in yeah. the slow-airing uh, hospital, the cancer hospital in New York City, where mm-hmm. it reduces the the pain level of the, uh, children that have cancer just by listening to the music that I, I've produced. Wow. The, the, yeah, the pain level comes down to about 14 percent Wow. Wow. So,
0: yeah,
1: you can wow. do that. You, know, you use music vibrations, but... Uh, the way I produce music I don't produce music for for contentment and pleasure I I produce music as a spiritual tool which is the Mm. spiritual technology the way of music is the way of love and the way of music is the way of vibrations and when the music is produced using the laws of mathematics and the laws of spirituality the result is mind-blowing it is so healing it's incredible and we are in a place now right now because of everything that's going on we need to restore Yes. to Just heal people and heal them because mm-hmm. the pandemic is having such tremendous impact and the mental and emotional trauma that people are going through. Yes. Yes. Rest now before it becomes. Yes. Yes.
0: yes. I can't wait to listen to to some of your music now. <laughs> you know, just I, I, I. This is a question because I think it, it's also becoming popular in the West, and as a yogi teacher with an understanding of east and west plant medicine what do you what do you what's your you know just objective uh take observation to guide folks that are you know talking about plant medicine for healing plant medicine to activate plan plant medicine plant medicine and so i'm curious what your perception of it does it does it help does it hinder does it truly help in terms of the body, the physiology, uh, you know, uh, our evolution?
1: From, from the standpoint of the herbs, in the scripture, you say the herbs, are, the herbs are for the healing of the nations, which means that, mm. yes, in, in, in plants, in trees, and everything else, there's so much electricity that you could be used to heal the body. It could be used to heal the body. Now, as far as activating the pineal gland is concerned, there is a precise spiritual technology. Precise spiritual, without side effect. We spiritual people are sitting on the shoulders of the great Egyptians. Whether we want to accept it or not, it is a scientific fact. Egypt was so advanced as a civilization, Hmm. Even though some Egyptologues try to, to destroy the veracity of it, but we are at an age where you cannot do that because the truth cannot. You can crucify the truth, but it will always come out.
0: Hmm.
1: And we owe our spirituality to ancient Egypt. We owe our culture wow. to ancient Egypt. We owe our science to ancient Egypt. They are the father, our ancestors in spirituality, in medicine. Actually, the father of medicine is not Hippocrates. It is Imhotep, period. It is scientific. Now, so we owe that to them. And they did tremendous research in ancient with the, the power of sound vibrations and and their impact upon upon the panegyric lands and various aspects of the Bible. So, our spirituality, some of the spirituality we have right now, are the remnant of a very small percentage of what was practiced during those times. For those who know what they're talking about in spirituality, for those who have access to the unseen world, they'll be able to speak the same language. Can, is it possible to take? Yes, a yeah, plant can be used to heal the body, herbs, you know, the motherland is, is, we have this technology is quite known there. You can use the plant to do a lot of things. When it comes down to the human body and the spiritual body, you have to think about it this way. You cannot address something spiritual with something that is not spiritual if you want to address something that is physical, you use the law of the physical world. If you want to address something spiritually, you use the law of the spiritual world. It is true that s- plants have spiritual uses, which means that there is physical and spiritual uses, but when it comes down to something as precious as the pineal plant, which is our connection to supreme intelligence, there is a precise technology that was left to us, even though it went underground, to address that aspect of us. You know, without doing it by uh, by trial, it's not something you gamble with. You don't gamble with spirituality. Spiritual is spirituality is like a uh, it's like a field full of minds. If you don't know what it is, you don't. If your foot walk on the wrong line, it'll explode in your life and create all kinds of chaos. So it's important to do what it is you do when it comes to spirituality. It's spirituality is very mathematical, especially right. when it comes down to addressing some of the centers and everything else. And it has to be done. It has to be done in a way that's precise. There's a precise technology that is unknown to most people. So, and what I've shared with people today is the simplest. Do do we have other techniques? Yes, but they're very precise. Very precise under the direction of someone. You can activate that blend and then if you went wrong, they'll tell you, okay, you went wrong, this is what you should do to restore it. If If you went right, they'll tell you, okay, you're going right, this is how you go. And they'll tell you, okay, this is the next level. Yeah. So, is it's extremely important to do it the way that is right. Yes. And the sound A U M is the simplest way to do it, but yet it's extremely, mm. extremely, extremely powerful. Extremely powerful. But when it comes to, as I said, herbs are for the healings of the nations. We use them for health and everything else. Using the spiritual counterpart of it in order to activate the, the pineal glands. Uh, some people are using it for various experiences. It's important to do that without messing with what they call the hormones of death. See what I mean? Because if you use the plant in order to, to uh, activate the center, you have an experience of, 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 of uh, an, an, a fake experience of death. Right, right which means you are activating what they call the hormones of death mm. because when you're about to leave the physical world you need a lot of energy to push you out of the body right mm. and a lot of that energy that you need you some of it comes from your adrenal some of it comes from various organs of your body so if you don't know what to do your you're messing with those plans and then you're doing it the wrong way, you have the experience and maybe the first time it's pleasant because you hear all this music and you see light and you do this and that and then the next time you go back and you start having uh, nightmares and then it gets worse and then you're addicted and when you're done, you it doesn't give you cosmic consciousness at the end of the day, which means that after all of it, you're not enlightened. You're not, period, you're not enlightened. So, and you need, it's difficult to replenish those hormones of death because you don't have, a, you have a certain quantity of that. The same way you have a certain quantity of breath when you're born. Certain quantity of breath. You run through it, you have to leave the earth. If you preserve it, if you breathe a breath a minute, you live longer even if it it's not in your stars. The same way your organs of uh, the hormones of death are there in a certain quantity. If you if you are messing with them, you're dying uh, little by little. Yeah. Yeah. So oh. it's um, in the beginning it's fun, but eventually, you, know, yeah. you you run your energies are all completely messed up, and eventually you have all kind of problem with your energetic structures. Yeah, yeah. But most people don't know that. So. Yeah.
0: Important to what I'm really getting is important to be very discerning.
1: Yeah, Really discerning. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's especially in, especially in the field of, uh, that's why it was a lineage of teachers. There's a lineage of teachers, that's why we otherwise it would be very easy. You know, we can just do it. The reason why there's a lineage, like for example, my yogic lineage, of course, I got teaching from Balmukhad Singh, who got it from. Diondoro got it from Kartikiyagi, who lived to be, in. it's written, over 300 years of age. So there is a lineage. There's a lineage. Mm. The same lineage you find in spirituality. Why? In order to preserve and then protect you from the side effect yeah. that you know, a lot of people you know, have already explored
0: Amazing. That's amazing. Final question. So, final question. You shared a lot today, and uh, I know everyone listening in is uh, digesting, marinating uh, in this moment, and I'm sure for many weeks to come from this conversation. Uh, so, just thank you for being just so generous and open with yeah. your with your heart and love. It definitely shines through. Um, if you were to distill, you know, if you were to reflect on your your life and you were to distill, let's say and I'm sure there's many and many of which you shared, but let's say the three most important lessons that you feel either you've learned in your lifetime or lifetimes that would be the most important, like if you could only share these three keys to living with humanity and that would evolve the next generation the most, these would be Dr. Levery's three keys that you would share? This is it. You can only share three.
1: You know, in Egypt, they used to have what they call the Confession of Mat, which is, it's well, they speak a lot about it, which is a confession to the goddess of truth, in order for a person to kind of cut out all kind of negativity from their lives. The simplest thing I will say to people is this. Just make up your mind to bring love in your thought. Mm. Bring, Bring love And think in a way, in a loving, positive, healing, and constructive way. Feel in a loving, positive, healing, constructive way. And then when you're speaking to your loved ones and to people that you cross paths with, whether you know them or not, speak in a way that is kind, because kindness is the beginning of wisdom. Just speak in a way that is loving, kind, uplifting and, and constructive. Uplift people, you know, just breathe life into people, make a difference in their lives and act, act to become a blessing to the world. Act to be a force for good in this world because it's so needed. If all yes. of us could do that, mm-hmm. we wouldn't feel so separated. And mm-hmm. then have an attitude that is healing and uplifting to yourself and to others. Just make your attitude positive by just being grateful of everything that you have, all little blessings that have come to you so that they may multiply in your life because every time that you're grateful and thankful for everything and you have a positive attitude, you are wearing the best protective talisman you can ever wear. And also, just let love be the basis of your life because love gives birth to light, life gives birth to peace, and peace gives birth to to joy. In, In order for us to bring peace in this world, we have to bring love and in in order to, we're bringing love to the world, we're manifesting the will of the creator, and peace will simply come. This comes as a result of love. Because love is that which turns every stone into a precious stone. And love is a science that is unknown. We're talking about a lot of people Love because they don't know that it is the highest vibration. I'm not talking about this other type of love. I'm talking about divine love, the vibrational love that has created the cosmos, that has created you and I and every human being in the universe. I'm creating that love that turns itself into wisdom and truth, that love that gives us opposite to, to death, that love which is the source of immortality, that love, love is important because it, what it does, everything that is good in the human being, everything that is good and positive in the human being is activated by love. Everything that's good in you, And um, it, it activates all the potentialities of the human soul. Therefore, that love is needed, and that's what we need on the earth, because once we embrace love, then we will see the divine in every teachings. We will see the divine in every human being. and we will see the divine in ourselves. If we see the divine in every teachings, every sacred teachings, then people are not going to fight for religion. They will not fight. They will realize that it's all the divine. Why fight for the divine? You fight when you, you you don't have the consciousness that give you the ability to see the divine in, in every like teaching. Yeah. And you fight, you know, people become spiritual and then they gossip all day long like a truck. I and mean, people mm-hmm. have the tongue is diarrhea. I mean once you when you really embrace the experience of spirituality, you can only see the divine in every human being. You just see love in them, because you you have compassion for them, because when you see the divine in them, it means that you went through your own crap, your own darkness, in order to embrace your light. When you do that work, you have compassion for others. You start not wasting time. Criticizing other people because if you do that, their mistake will grow in you. So, the best you can do is see the divine in them in order to give them permission to be the best they can be in order to extract love out of them. And then we have to see the divine in ourselves because if you don't see the divine in yourself, you cannot experience self healing. Self healing comes from self love. Once you love yourself, Once you accept yourself, once you realize that you are a masterpiece and there is nobody but you made the way you are made, once you know that the master of the universe has breathed life into you, therefore you are not a mistake, then self-love becomes possible. When self-love is possible, self-healing, it comes because self-love created a platform for self-healing. And then when you have self-healing and self-love, you find yourself. And once you find yourself, you find God.
0: Hallelujah. <laughs> beautiful. Wow. <coughs> I asked for three keys. You gave me 300. Ah. <laughs> that was beautiful. Uh, wow. Folks, lots to digest there. Uh, I think you're hearing the theme in the beginning and the end, and in the middle and all the way through. This key of love, you know, truly love. And so, everyone, as you're listening into this conversation, I trust your heart and soul and spirit's been touched and inspired and awakened to to put spirituality into into action and live it fully and love fully each moment and every moment of your life. Remembering that every moment of your life is an opportunity that life gives you to love. Especially sometimes the people that challenge you the most, the people in the news, the prime minister, the president, what have you, of your country, the, your teachers, your gurus giving you the opportunity yes, to
1: love. Yes, yes, yes. Uh,
0: and so everyone, uh, this has been a beautiful conversation uh, with the amazing Dr. Joseph Levery. If you want to find out more about his amazing work um, and music, which I'm looking forward to checking out myself, www.drleverie.com. We will put all of uh, his links and ways to get in touch with him and his work, and his amazing, uh, just his amazing work that he's doing around the world in the show notes. So check the show notes, check out his work, check out his books, check out his teachings. I think he is uh, bringing some beautiful light and love into the world, Dr. Levy. Yeah, the
1: thank website. Thank you so much. The number can I tell you is it's, it's www.josephmichaellevy.com, otherwise D R O. Uh, and then the, last thing, the
0: Instagram is dr.levery. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> we'll put all of that in the show notes, folks. Check it out in the show notes. And uh, it's been an amazing conversation, my friend. I, I, lo- I love being with you. Incredible. I love you. I love being with you. it been and great. This conversation, very I'm, I'm coming to give you a big hug soon. I cannot wait. It's great. great. Everyone, uh, send me an email, everyone. Coop Blackson at coopblackson.com. I want to know your key takeaways from today's Soul Talk session episode. Do me a favor, write a review, but also share this episode. I think it's a really important one with everyone in your life. Spread the word, post on social media. I feel so many will benefit from today's insight and wisdom. And the homework assignment, find one small way in your life that you can be of service and watch your life transform. And don't tell me you're not sure what to do because you you can all smile. Sending you love, folks. See you next week. Much love. Love now. If you've enjoyed this episode of Soul Talk, please do share the podcast with all of your friends. Let everyone know and make sure you download Soul Talk today. I'm looking forward to next week where I'll get to share more inspiration with you. Meanwhile, follow me on Facebook,